Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. This is RS1. Is RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everybody and welcome along to our continuing coverage of the FIA World Endurance Championship. No Johnny Palmer uh, for this weekend uh, so far. So you stuck with me, John Heindorf, uh, as part of the Radio Show Limited commitment to free, worldwide, unblocked, uninterrupted coverage of the top sports car championship in the FIA calendar. We're at Spa this weekend. Three free practice sessions, the last of which was interrupted with a bit of road furniture which had come unplugged. A drain cover brought that to a rather early end rebellion racing uh, with the fastest time there uh, for uh, the LMP1s. Bruno Senna, Gustavo Menezes and Norman Nato in that number one car ahead of the two to- Toyotas, seven from eight by Collis. Uh, making up the top four LMP1s. LMP2, it was Racing Team Netherlands in the 29 Orica, ahead of the similar car of Cool Racing and Jota. Uh, some uh, words to... Uh, some changes, should I say, in the, uh, in the entry list, which I'll come on to in a moment. that sees Ryan Cullen... Uh, in at Jackie Chan DC Racing and no uh, no entry for the Pro uh, Algarve Pro Series car Gabriel Aubrey testing positive for Covid after the ELMS weekend at Spa last week so they have uh, been unable to compete and because of the people that he mixed with Gabriel Aubrey mixed with uh, they've had to uh, replace in the 37 car uh, their uh, second driver, so it is Ryan Cullen who has come in there, uh, and that's obviously a little bit of a shuffling around. So Gabriel Aubrey out, Ryan Cullen in, and the Algarve Pro Racing team for Do- John Falb, Simon Trummer, and John Lancaster uh, is uh, the uh, team that will not be driving. Uh, we. Uh, had to get Gabriel Aubrey uh, through the uh, through the test uh, as well to make sure that he was able to actually uh, get on and drive. Uh, so it's a bit of a been an interesting one as far as the other classes is concerned. Uh, nowhere near the heat that we saw last week end in the GTE Pro Porsche. The 92 car, Michael Christensen and Kevin Estra were quickest ahead of EF Corsa's pair. The 51 from the 71. And then the second of the Porsches, the 91. That's Jimmy Bruni and Richard Leitz. And then Aston Martin, um, Sorensen and team. Then the Perodo, Collard and Nielsen, Ferrari in uh, the next position in GTE 
Am. It was the Sally Yolick, uh, Charlie Eastwood and Johnny Adam TF Sport Aston ahead. It'll be Sarah who will be shouting about that. Sarah Rigby. And in second position, the Dempsey Proton Racing number 88 from Team Project One. Uh, that's the other Porsche, Ben Keating, Philippe Fraga, Jerome Blake and Morland uh, in third position in the arm. The, the car that was out of position was the Delara, the Cetilar Racing uh, car, 47, didn't put, a, well, actually did one lap, but didn't put a time in uh, for that uh, particular session. Half a session lost, as I said, uh, because the... Uh, of a drain cover that was dislodged on the downhill section coming back onto the new, uh, onto the old circuit, uh, by the way. Uh, it meant that we only had 32 minutes of running. Uh, a 20-minute stop go uh, for Setilar. Uh, they had metallic parts of the fuel rig not earthed, causing to the penalty... Uh, the, the penalty uh, judgment from the stewards. Uh, Andrea Paliki uh, had a loose front wheel on his outlap in FP3 at the time. So he got it to the pits and then basically uh, he had his 20 minutes, but then the red flag came out. So he was on that outlap. So that's why that car didn't get to the end of the race. It's been a long time since these cars have been on track Cast your minds back, dear listeners, to the uh, to the last round at the uh, at the quarter track. Sorry, I had I, I kind of almost forgotten that myself, uh, actually. Uh, and that is uh, that was February, so that is a very very long time ago. Uh, hopefully, we'll have cars out on track at the mo- uh, in a few moments' time and we'll be able to uh, bring you some of the car noise uh, uh, and give you some of the atmosphere at the moment. Uh, very big news, of course, coming out of France, aside from the racing as well, uh, is that the uh, French- France is now... Uh, part of the off the green list, now on the red list for the UK, which means anybody going to Ricard uh, and, of course, to Le Mans uh, next month will have the issue uh, of having to spend two weeks in... uh, two weeks in isolation and quarantine... Uh, when they get back. Now, Le Mans probably big enough to get over that, I think, but uh, not sure about some other races and what people uh, will be doing. As usual, it's the GTs that will go out first, GTE AM that will go out first, just waiting for uh, those cars to head out onto the track. Some 16 GTE Pro and AM cars uh, and they should be out in, let me see, about 45 seconds time. Uh, still just the usual amount of time. Uh, the LMGT car has been allowed on 
to the working lane. It's a reasonable 25.5 degrees Celsius, just 37.2 on the circuit. That's fairly warm, but nothing uh, to what we saw last week when, of course, we were at Spa for the FIA uh, or the ELMS, should I say it. Uh, and that was an extraordinary, at one stage, uh, s- uh, 50 degrees uh, as far as the uh, on-track temperatures were concerned. So, just waiting for that green flag, which has now been given. Uh, it looks like Augusto Forfus is taking out the 98. Uh, ben Keating takes out the number 57, Team Project 1. Uh, that's interesting because I've got two different timing screens telling me two different th- things there. Team Project 1 says Philippe Fraga on one screen. However, uh, beyond track limits, we had this very, very uh, accurately and draconian measures taken with track being... Uh, track limits being uh, published very uh, quickly indeed, and uh, then uh, the times being taken off very quickly uh, indeed as well. So, cars on the circuit. So, opening moments at 20 minutes of time. On the clock. Just waiting for AF Corsa number 51 to go out. Much more pleasant. uh, Much more pleasant conditions than what we had last week. So, let me give you some of the qualifying drivers then in this 20-minute session. So, we've got Alessandro Pagidi for GTE AF Corsa, Giancarlo Fisichella, Matteo Caroli, it is Felipe Fraga, despite what it said at the end of the pit lane a moment or two ago. Johnny Morlam for Red River Sport, that's the 62. And down in the 71 called David Aragon, Matty Campbell's taking out the Dempsey Proton Porsche. It's Mike Wainwright for Gulf Racing in the. running down the other teams Michael Christensen in Porsche 92 Jimmy Bruni Porsche 91 Max Martin in 67 sorry in 97 I think we said it was Farfus didn't we in the number Still waiting for the first cars to come around here at Spa. 
Aston Martin heading up to the top of the hill. we got everybody out on the track that we we're expecting yes all 16 GT cars we're live on RS1 around the world it's John Heindorf standing in for Johnny Palmer the six hours of Spa this weekend and it will be hopefully it'll be Johnny and Bruce over the weekend and we've got some DNLS as well for you this weekend but that's uh, a little bit later on on the Saturday and that'll be on RS3 waiting for Augusto Farfus to come round to end another lap here through Blanchimont through the lengthening shadows now and in towards the bus stop headlights are placed under the DHL bridge and down to the braking area for the bus stop best time at the moment here 141.4 for Augusto Excuse me, that's his middle sector. 216.6 and goes to first position. Two fifteen eight oh six for Matty Campbell. Fourteen and a half minutes remaining or thereabouts. Max Martin out in the other uh, Aston Martin he's coming to the end of his lap now as well still waiting for that time to update comes across the line 95's gone through as well and oh car 97 track limits at turn 7 95 at turn 19 that's towards the end of the lap 86 track limits so we said these would go straight away and they are at turn 4 and remember these times have to be averaged between two of the drivers so these are if you like the opening opportunities only And every time that they miss out on a lap, it's just more time taken out the session that their teammate doesn't have.
92 Porsche going over the top of the hill a moment or two ago just about kept the wheels on the track who's doing what at the moment because we haven't had the second drivers in fastest is the Porsche number 92 at the moment for Michael Christensen with a 214 he's got nearly three tenths of a second over Nicky team in the Aston Martin number 95 and Jimmy Bruni in the Porsche as it stands at the moment we're not even halfway through this session waiting for the Ferraris to start showing as well David O'Regan in fourth at the moment Crosses the line, finishes another lap. Regon in the 71. More deletions. Lap number three. That's another lap for an Aston Martin that's gone. And again at the end of the lap at turn 19. Turn one, Porsche number 91 and the number 56. And Matteo Caroli, that's it, La Source. Uh, this is just poor, poor discipline I'm afraid from these drivers these are meant to be world championship standard drivers, they're making too many mistakes at the moment and that is giving them a lot of trouble for the qualifying halfway through the session waiting for cars to come into the pit lane Michael Christensen who has the fastest time is in the pits that 2.14.223 so a chance for him to change drivers and everybody except Max Martin who pits now Nicky Team who will pit in a second or two he's just coming around at the end of the lap in the 95 Davide Regon there's some big gaps here some really big gaps at the sharp end of the field but this has been down to the fact that there's been laps wasted on the Michelin tyres very very disappointing another set of tyres getting bolted on for some of these drivers wonder who will risk maybe doing a double set Jimmy Bruni coming into the end of a lap he's pitting as well for Porsche at number 91 already in the pit lane Just under nine minutes still to go. 8.44 on the clock. Let's see who takes some of these cars out. Christian Reed 
has been installed in the 77 Dempsey Proton racing car. That's the quickest of the AM cars at the moment. Agidio Perfetti in the 56. That's the Team Project 1. Ben Keating's gone out in the 57. And Charlie Eastwood's just gone a moment or two ago, straight on at the end. Oh, no, sorry, that was the uh, 86 car, excuse me. That was Mike Wainwright who went straight on for Gulf Racing at the end of the Camel Straight at Lecombe. Alex Lynn's taking out the 97 Aston Martin. Francois Perodo for AF Courses 83 Ferrari. He's just gone out. Paul Dallalana, we've mentioned. Thomas Floor for the 54 AF Corsa. Dempsey Proton number 88 has got Gianluca Girodi going out and Bon Grimes heading out for Red River Sport in the number 62. They're all AM cars that we mentioned a moment or two ago. Under eight minutes to go under... Well, actually almost down to seven minutes. So let's see these times coming in. Christensen still in the pits in that 92 car. That was the fastest of the first runs. Also still in the pits, the number 90, Sally Yolik. In fact, has just left the pit lane. Uh, as has the number 86, Ben Barker in the Gulf, taking over from in the Gulf Racing Porsche, having taken over for Mike Wayne Wright. Starting to get some cars heading up to speed, and Christian Reid's done the best. Am first sector of anybody in the number 77. Agidio Perfetti's done the best second sector in the Am of anybody on his first flyer. Three quarters of a second at the moment, the gap between first and second in GTE Am between the Dempsey Proton. Porsche and the Team Project 1 56 car, so 77, 56 and 57 just a tenth and a half further back Ben Keating, but that puts him sharp end of a second away extraordinary opening lap then for the number 77 and for Matt Campbell the Australian hot shoe and that's put them in a super position in arm you could possibly say the same was a little bit closer for the 92 car with Kevin Estra now at the wheel of that car as it is back out on the circuit Michael Christensen with the early pace being set another Aston Martin lap deleted and that's for Paul Dallalana turn 11 so that's Puon 
That's the exit of Puom. Guys, really. Lap six for the 83 as well. They've been warned about this. That's Francois Perodo. And that was top of the hill at Radion. They've been warned about this. And there was a message on the screen before they went out. Track limits will be punished and the, tr and the lap will be removed immediately. They won't even necessarily wait until the end of the lap. I'm seeing some of this on the race control screen before the cars are getting to the end of the lap. So there can be absolutely no doubt about what's going on here and how much time is being wasted by these drivers. And really, there'll be some crew chiefs speaking to their drivers after this session who will not be happy at all. Not at all. At the moment, Alex Lynn has got a time in. 2.14.8 to go with the 2.14.4 of the first driver. So that's a 2.14.6. Even I can do that average. And that is the best two-lap average at the moment. Then it's Michael Sorensen in the 95, notwithstanding all the laps that have been dropped out. Then the Porsche of Richard Leitz, average of 2.49. Well, he was quicker than his teammate. AF Corsa, Miguel Molina is out in the 77. He's in fourth position. And then it's the Amcars, Gideon Perfetti for Team Project One. Their best, a 2.16 and a 2.17.2 for an average of 2.16.6 at the moment. Kevin Estra. in the 92 at the moment way down in only 10th position overall and 5th in GTE Pro courtesy of a 2.19.5 opening gambit but he'll improve at the end of this lap surely two and a half minutes left to go here and there's a few teams who have lost time who so are leaving it very very late indeed to put their times in. Only the top four in times at the moment are GTE Pro Cars. And we've got the 92 Porsche and the 51 EF Corsa, James Collado car, sitting well down at the moment because they're getting times deleted. They are getting times deleted. 71 deleted, another time deleted for Miguel Molina. Turn four, top of the hill again for Molina. At Radion, 2.14.1, best overall time. So that's the two quickest times. A 2.14.1 and a 2.14.2 for the Porsche number 92. They're heading for pole position at the moment in GTE Am. Heading for pole position at the moment. Kevin Estra, 2.14.207 at the end of that lap. 2.14.2 the average after the two fastest times by the two drivers. 14.2 and a 14.1. That's very consistent indeed by the Porsche GT team. Still second at the moment. Aston Martin, Alex Lynn, 
in the 97. Can he improve in what Maxime Martin did earlier on? Martin did a 14-4, check that, 14-6. No, that is an eight, sorry, excuse me, flickery screen. For Alex, saw his time fully four-tenths away at the moment of where he needs to be. A minute to go, under that in fact. Coming down to the last 10 minute, 10 seconds on the timing screen. Porsche 92 from Aston 97, from Aston 95, from Porsche number 91, from the two AF courses 71 and 51. So we have got Collado with the timing. So at least now we have got the top six all GTE Pro cars. Through goes Francois Perodo, doesn't improve. He'll be no better than fifth. He's the first car to see the chequered flag. Then Christian Reed, currently provisional pole position in the number 77. That's for GT Arm. No improvement for Ben Keating last time around. He'll be no better than third in Arm in the 57 Project 1 Porsche. Still the GT Pro cars out on the circuit and circulating. Through goes Ben Barker. He does not improve. Perfetti hasn't improved, so he'll be second. Looks like Pro uh, Proton Racing are going to be on pole with the 77 car. Can't see it at the moment. Can Paul Dallalana drag a time out of the Aston? He's still shown as running. I thought he'd taken the chequered flag, if I'm honest. Into the pits for the three out of the first four in LMGTE Pro. Michael Sorensen still having a go in the 95 car. So Estra in the pits from the provisional pole sitter. Alex Lynn could be on the outside of the front row here. Estra sees the chequered flag. Alex Lynn's not improving. He's pitted. Richard Leeds pitted. Sorensen still coming to come to the line. And he's pitted as well. Molina and Collado still out there. But their times are not quick enough. They're touring in. They were slow in the middle sector, fully a second away from where they needed to be. Well, if they were going to trouble Paul, I wonder if they'll keep pushing. No, they've pitted. Both of the Ferraris have pitted. So it will be on pole position for GTE Pro, the Porsche GT. Racing team number 92. Michael Christensen and Kevin Estra in GTE Arm. Dempsey Proto on the 77 Porsche. Matt Campbell did the first lap and backed up ably by Christian Reid. Two Aston Martins in second and third for the 97 and 95 teams in Pro with the front two rows made up by the second of the Porsche GT teams. That's the 91 car with a 2AF course of Ferrari 71 and 51 on row three. It's Porsches to the four in GT and with the top three old Porsches, 77 we mentioned on provisional pole. All subject to post-quality tech, of course. Sharing the front row, the number 56, Nikido Papetti. Matteo Caroli did the first laps in that car. Then it'll be Ben Keating on the inside of row two in that number 57 that he shares with Felipe Fraga. And it was Felipe that went out. No Jerome Blake, the Moreland scene in qualifying. 
Uh, and then he'll share that second row with the Aston Martin of Aston Martin Racing, Paul Dallalana, uh, and the number 98. Paul second out after Augusto Farfus, new to the team last weekend, did the first run. So that was interesting, wasn't it? It looks like it's a Porsche kind of racetrack at this time in the afternoon. 25 past 6 Central European Summertime. Track temperature still a toasty 35.2 with air temperature 25.2. Kevin Estra celebrating with his teammate from the number 92. With their masks on, of course, Michael Christensen. And if you are just joining us, news from Spa that the, pro- the protocols for COVID have had to be enforced with Gabrielle Aubrey testing positive, inconclusive first of all, and then positive for the COVID-19 coronavirus. That's taken him out of contention. And he has been replaced in the Jackie Chan DT racing car that he shares with Will Stevens and Hope Tun. And... Also, because of track and trace, the jo- uh, excuse me, the Algarve Pro Racing team, John Falb, Simon Trummer, and John Lancaster, uh, they have withdrawn. There were some team members, I think, as well involved uh, in that. So, very unfortunate indeed uh, for those. And there has been some positive tests as well. We are led to believe. But proof, if nothing else, that the system is working and the precautions put in place by LMEM, who oversee both the ELMS, Michelin Road to Le Mans, and, of course, the FIA, WEC for the ACO and the FIA. It's Ryan Cullen, by the way, if you missed the news, who has replaced Gabrielle Aubrey. So, coming up next... It will be the qualifying for for prototypes. Just a wee break. Got about four minutes uh, before that comes up. Strictly behind closed doors, this event, as the LMS was last weekend. The fans unable to be at what is a traditional pre-Le Mans event, of course, at Spa, for both the WEC and the ELMS. Well, despite being Le Mans being pushed back later in the year, that traditional pre-Le Mans tag is still applicable because the next WEC race will, of course, be Le Mans. And... The next ELMS race, which should have been at Ricard, has now been, uh, sorry, which should have been at Barcelona, has been moved to Ricard. But we await news from the ELMS as to what the impending changes to France's quarantine laws. Fluid situation, of course, as JP and I said all last weekend, which is 
an absolute nightmare for the organisers. Teams going with the floors. You're listening to Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday night. Richard Dean from United Autosport saying, look, it's our business. Uh, we're supposed to be dynamic. It's an inconvenience, sure. But in terms of moving the race from Barcelona, the LMS race from Barcelona to the Le Castellet 240, as it has been called, um, we've just got to deal with it. That's business. That's what we've got to do. They take some 60 people, so they're probably affected more than most in the ELMS paddock other than the organisers themselves. And I thought a really positive and pragmatic attitude, as you might expect from Yorkshireman Richard Dean. I almost expected him to say, yeah, let's just get the kettle on and get it sorted. And it it was kind of that thing. And and if I'm very honest, that was pretty much the attitude from those that we did get to speak to at Spa last weekend from a distance or from behind masks or with semaphore or hand signals. Very strictly enforced to ensure everybody were in their own bubbles. TDS Racing in the bright yellow LMP2. Ready to go out and qualify. 20 minutes on the clock. And we could say good afternoon for the first time to Johnny Palmer. Hello, JP. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, frenetic GT session, wasn't it? Uh, With plenty happening. And you made the point well about wasted time as well with many laps. I mean, it's it's crazy, isn't it? It's not over, JP. You and I, well, no. I mean, question marks about the 92. What do you know? Well, just the last laps for the Porsche 92, the Ferrari 51, the 60. Two as well, uh, the Red River Sport Car uh, and the 54, the AF Corsa, their last timed laps all under investigation. Mm. Now, the question will, you know, let's start somebody at RSL underscore studio going back and having a look. Are they, uh, were they the fastest laps uh, of those cars? You know, that's the question. Um, because it could fundamentally change what we saw at the front of the field. And we saw it last weekend as well. And these people would have been watching last weekend, Eduardo Freitas, in the online briefing, even before the start of the session, JP, absolutely 100% telling people, I'm not having any of it. There's no warnings. It's just lose the laps. I fully agree. Um, by the way, Eduardo Freitas just giving the final instruction that uh, this next session, the final qualifying session, is live. But yeah, I mean, as research for this weekend, you've got to be paying attention to ELMS. Not always do you have a luxury where a full ACO meeting is held just six days prior. Um, and I mean, we talked, you and I talked about the fact that Spa is incredibly fast in places, but there's also plenty of runoff from a safety perspective. What you can't do is start abusing that runoff and start abusing no. the curbs in order to gain time. And uh, yeah, I'm intrigued by those messages towards the end of the session that concern some very, very fast cars. 
Hello to Right Turn Lover who's listening in. Kevin Payne listening on RS1 uh, as well as Safe Phil and many others. All good to have your company as the prototypes go out there. Now, JP, lots of questions still, of course, about where the rest of the season will go. But for now, isn't it great to have these prototypes, LMP2s and, of course, the LMP1s and hybrids back on the circuit after a very long layoff, almost 200 days since you were last talking about them. I know. It's been far too long. It was, I think, 23rd of February, the last round of the season. So, yes, the fair, the, the lion's share of six months pretty much separate this meeting from the Circuit of the Americas uh, race, which was round five. Uh, it's all going to be contained within 2020 now, so we're not going to have the start of the next school year, if you like. That was realigned, I know, many, many months ago. So on paper, two more rounds to go. The 24 hours of Le Mans next month, and then the eight hours of Bahrain will see the season to a close. At the moment, scheduled for a 21st of November date. We'll wait and see how much of all of that happens. It looks like Le Mans pretty much certain, just now going to take place behind closed doors. Um, and an exciting week promise. It's just a real shame that people aren't going to be able to experience it in person. 32, uh, 35.2, so track temperature dropping a little bit as the sun is going behind the tree line in a number of places around this 7.004 kilometre or 4.235 mile circuit, 25.4 in the air. We saw last weekend, JP, didn't we, just how quick the track temperature can go up or down depending if there's cloud cover or direct sunlight. I think 50, I think we had 50 Celsius, didn't we, at one stage yeah. on Sunday in the middle of the race, around about 2 o'clock, 2.30 local time in the afternoon. That's right, and yeah, the, the difference in pace, uh, grip or, the, or lack thereof was certainly uh, evident in the times coming through. I think it also maybe had something to do with the amount of UV that was on the track as well. We get that a lot in Australia, uh, but uh, that amount of heat really does generate a different type of track surface. And plenty of people in the ELMS having to maybe readjust their tyre strategy just to get to the finish. And you know, we had I mean, that incredible moment for Tristan Gomendy through Blanchemont on the final lap where he's coming through the fastest corner on the track fully sideways with a tyre down and did incredibly well to actually get it across the line in fourth position but yeah when you are stretching the regulations or you know pushing them to the very edge of the of the restrictions in terms of tyres that sort of thing can happen uh, we've also got a factor in the chance of a full course yellow maybe the chance of a safety car we had, we had two of them last weekend safety cars rarer beasts in the modern day uh, World Endurance Championship but the situation presented itself where Eduardo Freitas just had to call the safety car and that really does throw strategies well and truly out of the window and, and JP just on the tyre on the tyre side of things a new compound for the first time uh, for the Goodyear runners in LMP2 um, which was used by Anthony Davidson and the Jota team last weekend despite the hot weather they did manage to get some running uh, on the new what is effectively a medium compound for Goodyear ahead of this weekend which is one of the tyres they, they are using this weekend so some some important tyre data gained by those that did turn up last weekend and that's another thing that needed to be thought about because you're locking in the tyre compounds at the start of the of the season so we're talking you know, almost a full calendar year 
uh, ago because the first round of this championship, remember, was the 1st of September at Silverstone when all the tyre um, compounds were presented to the competitors and maybe there was a feeling that something had to be brought in as, a, as an update because we're now going into you know, a season that's going to be 15 months pretty much. Uh, so that's interesting, yeah, OK, uh, extra Goodyear tyres, but there are only two runners in the field that are, sorry, three runners that are in the field three, that yeah. are on Goodyear's. The two Jota run cars, so that's the Jota entered machine, and then the uh, the Jackie Chan car, Jackie Chan DC Racing number 37, which has Will Stevens currently at the wheel, and then Anders Fjord back in the high-class racing car of Denmark, although their home is in Barcelona, they're on Goodyear tyres as well. Yeah, so just a reminder for those joining us, a change of driver lineup in that 37 uh, because Gabriel Aubrey has tested positive for COVID-19 coronavirus and he has already been replaced. It's also, I'm afraid, because of the contact track and trace and some extra tests that got, have gone on through some ancillary staff, including some of the tyre company staff as well but it's also taken out the Algar Pro Racing uh, entry as well John Falb, Simon Trummer and John Lancaster not competing this weekend for Algar Pro Racing and if you didn't catch it by the way I keep forgetting to say this when I'm talking about that but if you didn't catch it it is Ryan Cullen who has replaced Gabriel Aubrey he had to have a test uh, before he was allowed into the paddock and we've experienced first hand JP just how strict this is and people there will be people I know who will want to knock this and knock the WEC LMEM and the ACO but surely this is perfect evidence of the system working I think so and you know for those arriving at the meeting for the first time having not experienced it like that then you might think it's a little bit draconian I was at Ricard for the first DLMS event and then on into Spa as well. And, you know, these are necessary measures because you just... They, they still don't know quite how this thing is spread and how rapidly and whether differences of time of year affect matters. It's far better to be safer than sorry, I would say. So, you know, enforce the rules more seriously than it perhaps is necessary and get everybody used to that everyone's got to be in a mask when they're on site certainly when you're in the media centre and at close quarters but still important to keep the distance as well and yeah it's interesting about Gabby Obrey and I'm not sure when that was detected he was in action last weekend as well so he's been on site for you know, a good portion of, of the week um, and obviously that was caught and can now be looked uh, about uh, the track and tracing as to who he's been in contact with over that period of time but it's important to to regularly test and uh, make sure that you you pick these things up earlier rather than later looks like our rebellion have left have started where they left off looking quickest at the moment as they were in a truncated third session where they lost half the session because of a dislodged drain cover just on the exit of turn 14 which is down towards the bottom of the hill and that whilst the track services were fixing that and actually it was the time that the concrete was taken to set around it that ruled out the rest of the session but Rebellion with Gustavo Menezes quickest again under two minutes 159.342 Toyota Brendan Hartley back at Spa remember Hartley's gap <laughs> how to run through the bus stop without running through the bus stop 
eight for him. Kamui Kobayashi is behind the wheel of Toyota Kazoo Racing's number seven. United Autosport has Paul De Resta uh, going out in that Origa by Collis. And they're, they're, they're the quickest at the moment uh, in that LMP2 category, 201.888. Not that far away, are they? Just a second away from the P1 cars by Collis Oli Webb. Gonzalez at the wheel of the Jota 38, Guido van der Garde for Racing Team Netherlands 29, Jackie Chan DC Racing has got Ryan Cullen at the wheel, Ryan trying, I'm, I suppose trying to get as many laps in as he can, Thomas Laurent for Signatech in the Origa, Gibson number 36, Cool Racing, Antonin Borger just got out in the 42 in fact as I say that I'm sorry he's just been replaced by Nico Lapierre and as Fjord back for high class racing is in the pits putting his first laps in Roberta Mary uh, for Eurasia is out in the 35 car and Andrea Bellici for Settila Racing who had a torrid third session earlier on today they got a 20 minute stop and go at the start of the session don't know if you picked this up JP um, they're in, in session two, part of their fuel rig wasn't earthed. So they got a 20-minute stop and go at the, stop, the start of FP3. So then Baliki went out with a loose wheel. And so he came back in, didn't do a time. They started to fix it. And just as they were going out, the red flag came out uh, for what was to be the end of the session because the drain cover. So they didn't get a, a lap in. So they've had a, a torrid. It's... Uh, Senegiato behind the wheel of that car at the moment but that is not the way to prepare for qualifying you're not going to be pure Giorgio Senegiato he's not going to be in the right state of mind is he? Certainly not no and you want to be obviously doing a consistent final session before qualifying I mean nobody had that as you say because of the lengthy red flag Rebellion will have been grinning because they had a decent buffer at the top end of the field, but virtually everybody else, you know, didn't get the required running, and certainly not Andrea Baliki's team. Giorgio Cernigiotto, though, is out and so trying to put in some laps, as you say, uh, just taking the car over from Baliki. So maybe just this is being treated as a bit of a test session anyway in the Chetilar racing car. It's Johnny Palmer and John Hindhoff. Good to have your company as we are at the moment getting up the speed for the second drivers and some decent laps coming in Brendan Hartley is taking over the Toyota Kazoo racing car that did already have the fastest time of a 159.6 201.2 for Kamui Kobayashi second car to get a second lap time in from the driver if you're new to all this WEC thing because let's be honest it's been a while since we had one of these races it is uh, two quick laps to count from two different drivers on your squad and then the average of those two gives you your lap time that's how we set the grid in all of the classes so the running average at the moment the best time for two laps from two different drivers two minutes point four one seven for the number eight Toyota Gazoo racing car 2010 so six tenths the difference on average new fastest lap in LMP2 for Ryan Cullen well, he settled in nicely to Jackie Chan DC Racing at 2 or 2 9 
and they go up the third place overall and comfortably leading LMP2 with the rest of the second time still to come in. Sort of what you might have expected from Ryan Cullen, JP. He is a very accomplished driver, might not be a name that a lot of people recognise here, but he's come in under difficult circumstances, wasn't expected to race this weekend, but he's done exactly what that driver needs to do. He's plug-and-play performance accessory. Yeah, and it's all very fresh in his mind from last weekend as well, so a nice position to be in. I assume he was still just hanging around uh, too close to the track, maybe, for just this sort of opportunity. Um, English-born, but runs with his, um, I think, father's Irish nationality. Certainly a lot of his family are from that part of the world, so the Irish flag emblazoned on the side of the car. And, uh, yeah, he's a talent uh, now, not only uh, in the ELMS, but also now in his adopted team and he's racing with Dragon Speed last weekend and they had a nightmare uh, speaking of nightmares and, and Baliki and Giorgio Sonagiotto Dragon Speed if you remember didn't even get to start the race on the lead lap because of a fuel cell problem I think it was and it meant that the car had to start from the pit lane and that automatically puts you a lap down on the field he took the first uh, stint from memory, Ryan, and he was absolutely outstanding. Quickest LMP2 car at the track for all of his first stint and carved his way through the whole field, uh, through LMP, the whole LMP2 field, and got back on the end of the lead lap, but just didn't get the rub of the green when the first safety car came out and get the pass around, which is new for this season in ELMS. But that was a quick car, particularly when dri- uh, Ryan was driving it. Uh, let me see. Ah, I got some more second times in. Excellent, Nico Lapierre, two or three seven. Uh, that puts their cool racing uh, Orica into second place in their class. Two or four four, best lap for high class racing. And where does that put them? With the two or four one nine six, they are in class fourth position for the cool racing uh, excuse me for high class racing cool racing on my mind at the moment for Kenta Yamashita Japanese driver as you might imagine under five minutes to go coming down to four minutes still got half the P2 field and a couple of P1s that we need laps from Rebellion haven't got a lap in yet now let me have a look to see if we've lost some laps for Rebellion not seeing that immediately. The number seven Toyota deleted. Uh, sorry, the number four. Lap seven, number four for Tom Dillman. Lap deleted. Track limits. Doesn't say where at the moment. Car 29. That's another one. Racing Team Netherlands. Got United. He's lost a lap for track limits. And again, JP, I'm going to say this. But, you know, this is bad discipline from these guys. Top of the hill at Radian, they're going to be getting watched. You can't take the amount of curb that Van Uytert has just done last time around. And that lap was deleted before he even got to the end of lap seven. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was Jot Van Uytert on qualifying duty last weekend for the number 32 United Autosports car. So he knows all about the track limits. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is a kind of double reminder for him. So it's strange uh, whether he thinks... He can sneak through when nobody's looking. I'm not sure, but um, a lot of this oh! can be looked at post-session as well with the CCTV cameras. 
through goes Norman Nato. He's got a lap in in the R13 Rebellion. Gibson powered, of course, and he's gone to the top. A 159.813 to go with a 59.3 set by his teammate. A 159.577. That's almost, on average, a full second quicker than the first of the Toyotas, which is the eight car. Brendan Hartley in that at the moment. Kamui Kobayashi in the seven. Rebellion, absolutely brilliant stuff. Gustavo Menezes with the first time. Norman Nato, the Frenchman, backing up his American teammate and goes to the top. In LMP2, it's still United, or it is United now, excuse me, who've got above Jota. So Gonzalez just goes across the line, doesn't improve. So Phil Hansen in the number 22 after a brilliant weekend, uh, backing up Philippe Albuquerque's opening stanza for that car and Phil staying on this week spoke to him from Spa on Wednesday on Midweek Motorsport not even thinking as far ahead as the next ELMS race never mind Le Mans his eyes, his concentration and his focus completely on this six hour contest at Spa this weekend at the moment United Autosport uh, now into the pits for Phil Hansen to join the Jota in second place of uh, Roberto Gonzalez. It's the car he shares with newly crowned champion of Formula E, Antonio Felix da Costa, and of course Anthony Davidson. That was the Goodyear shod car that I was talking about earlier on that was racing last weekend. Last minute or so, JP. And there's still cars who haven't got their second laps in yet because they're getting laps deleted. Yeah, and uh, one of them is Tom Dillman, who is certainly uh, losing out on time here because well he may get one more at the end of this in the bike hollers racing team car number four but it should be up there with the three LMP1s that top the times at the moment car number four is also an LMP1 car careful to have the car across the white line as it comes out of the bus stop chicane but not fully the wrong side of it I think that looked neat and tidy towards the end but I only caught the back end of it and it was a well, for Tom himself, still waiting for the time to flash up on my screen, but a combined effort of a 201.8. So that will get it up to fourth position and ahead of all the LMP2s. The 22 cars in right. the pits, the 38s in the pits, the 42s in the pits, but they are the top Yellows. three in LMP2. Yellow out at 15, I think. So... That is uh, Curve Paul Frere, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yes. And it's for Yamanaka in the Eurasia Motorsport car who has put it. It's actually it's not. It's the uh, it's the start of the bus stop. I think he lost it under braking at the bus stop. So maybe that is a bigger number than I thought. Yes, it was at the bus stop. He's put the yellow flag out. There's hardly any time left. In fact, the chequered flag is now out. So the 35 black Eurasia car just rotating. But too much brake bias. I actually missed his braking point by quite a way. And uh, he was turning in there, trying to overcome the twin disadvantages of physics and lock-back wheels. Uh, and excuse me, it was Paul de Resta who was the first driver for United in the qualifying session. 
Pierre Rags has just seen the chequered flag for Senior Tech Alpine. No better than fifth for LMP2 for him. Tom Dillman's gone through and improved to a 2015, so their average of 2019. So it's Rebellion, Toyota. Kazoo Racing 8 from Toyota Kazoo Racing 7 from Bicolas. That's your LMP1 to roll lineup. United Phil Hansen in the pits. Jota in the pits in the mighty 38. Cool racing in the pits. Ryan Cullen crosses the line now and doesn't improve. That was a slow down lap. 205. That was a very slow lap for Ryan. So they will be fourth. So it's United 22 in LMP2 from Jota on the front row from Cool Racing on the inside of row two with the 42 car, then 37 of JCDC Racing, then in fifth on the inside of row three high, uh, is uh, Signatec from High Class, so that's 36 from 33, from Chetila Racing, Baliki's just crossed the line in the 47 from Eurasia as Yaminanka has recovered and did get one more lap, I think he got through with a couple of seconds to go, and Racing Team Netherlands in the pits, United did not did not post a second, to, uh, post a flying lap time in his part of that qualifying session. That will be frustration for the Dutch team and for the young Dutch driver, JP. It certainly will, and he will start, I think, still at the back of the prototypes rather than behind all of the GTs, because that tends to be the rule these days. It's a split grid, effectively, irrespective of whether you've posted the required times and even though the 29 gave us one time a 202.744 that's effectively deleted because it's not uh, past the regulations you need two times in order to qualify and therefore it'll be tacked on to the back of the field and Jot van Outert uh, a little bit of explaining to do maybe at racing team Nederland considering he was so fast uh, last weekend and qualified on the front row in the ELMS so he can do it it's just a question of um, staying within the white lines so the Ligier from Eurasia Motorsport did post a time in the end from Yamanaka despite the late spin at the bus stop. It was a slow one. But that doesn't matter because it's at least posted two separate times. 206.8 from his teammate. 231.1 though from the Japanese which puts it uh, well slower than the Chetila Racing car. There might be some concerns there as to whether it's within the 110% limit in fact and that might have to be looked at by the race officials too. But all about rebellion. Obviously, the, uh, the that car is favoured as far as the success handicaps are concerned, and it's mm. played out quite nicely. In fact, because the Toyotas have a championship lead over the rebellion, uh, the aim was to get it to roughly a second faster, and it's 0.8 of a second on the yeah. averages, 159.5 as a combined time. And despite the fact that Gustavo Menezes is wearing a mask, there is a big grin there from the Californian. D dare I suggest that, that, that Toyota Kazoo Racing have worked this rather well uh, going into Le Mans. I mean, I, I know that the success BOP doesn't uh, carry through onto Le Mans in the same way, but uh, there are the opportunity, uh, I mean, there have been opportunities in the past for the BOP to be changed, even after qualifying at Le Mans, and Toyota, you know, they're going to be the red-hot favourites for Le Mans still, but they're going to go in with people looking at them slightly differently, JP, if they don't win here this weekend. 
Uh, yeah, possibly because you know the, their their last win, therefore, will have been um, quite some time ago. Um, yeah, talking Bahrain first time around, which was actually last year, fourteenth of December, twenty nineteen. So uh, they're not exactly coming to Le Mans on good form, but we kind of know the reasons for that. I think when all of the success handicaps are stripped away and we all run to base weight, in inverted commas, for Le Mans, um, then we'll realise that the Toyotas are the quickest car, but they've still got to make the finish. And that penultimate round of the season, if they do do well, will no doubt seal them the championship because there are double points on offer as well. It's 50 points for a win at Circuit de la Sarte. But... You know, Toyota at Le Mans doesn't always go that well. It's only in recent times well. when they've started to, to perform. Well done to uh, Rebellion and to United Autosport. Uh, it's uh, another one of these tricky half-past-the-hour starts for the race, JP. So, uh, And reminder that it's a Saturday race. So you and Bruce on duty tomorrow for WEC live, free, exclusive unblocks unblocked and uh, uninterrupted uh, but it is a Saturday race yes it is and I think part of the reason for that is so that they can run later in the day so just get the tinges of the sun starting to think about heading to the horizon I don't think at Spa on a Sunday you could run as late as uh, as, as 7.30 so um, that enables that to take place it's always historically been a Saturday race as well and sometimes running into full darkness too but what it does mean is that for those with businesses to think about on Monday morning of next week then they've got all of Sunday to, to get home and sort that out so in terms of our coverage uh, in in the UK, if you are in the UK, it's uh, we're starting off at high noon with uh, the countdown to green with a green flag uh, just before half past the hour. If that if you're in Central Europe, of course, that is one hour on from that. So the green flag is 13:26 Central European summer time, 12:26 in the UK. If you can't do the arithmetic yourself. If you go to the bottom of www.radio-show.co.uk, you'll see the schedule for RS1, and that will automatically convert to the time that your browser is showing. So whatever time zone you're in, if, you, if you've got your browser in your own home time zone, that will convert for you. So what you see there will, what will be when you can listen to Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones tomorrow and uh, towards the end of the race we've got a little bit of an overlap with the next round the next three hour race in the digital Nürburgring Langstrecke series DNLS which I'll be looking after over on RS3 and we'll have sound and vision on that as well. Final thoughts from Johnny Palmer then as to what we saw uh, in the qualifying. It was rather a Porsche day for the uh, GTs uh, and uh, um, you know, I'm not sure what that says over the the, the the qualifying performance. But Aston Martin up there as well in second and third, at least in, in GTE Pro, JP. Yes, they are. Uh, Porsche are on a, a good vein of form, actually, at Spa because they took pole position last weekend as well with the Richard Leitz uh, Proton car. So clearly in the current spec of balance of performance, and there are some similarities between the two championships, although it's not exactly the same, that does seem to be favouring Porsche. But, you know, as we've said many, many times before, you can be good on a, I almost said single lap speed there, double lap speed, because you need two laps, of course. But uh, it's a very different story when you get to the race, particularly when a little bit of strategy needs to be weaved in from the pit wall. Uh, From the prototype perspective, intriguing. For this 
race in isolation, I think Toyota are going to be pushed very, very hard throughout the six mm. hours. And assuming Rebellion have the required reliability, and they've had some decent results around Spa in the past, then they could really take the fight to the Japanese mark throughout. Yeah. Um, LMP2, well, that's often a lottery, and it's very tricky to, to work it out from this distance. It's nice to have a few extra cars. Uh, for instance, one of the Stuart Cox uh, Algarve Pro uh, cars uh, here again on the Goodyear. So we've got the tyre battle to look forward to. That car, yeah, that's not here, though. That's, been, that's the one that's been with Drawn, don't forget. Beg your pardon. COVID. Yes, it was on the entry list, yeah. but uh, didn't take part Correct. in the session. Correct. Yes. No, you're right. It was indeed uh, on the entry list. We've got the we've got the the major protagonist though at the sharp end with JCDC Cool Racing on row two and the front row United versus Autosports. Uh, United Autosports rather versus Jota. United Autosports versus Jota is absolutely mouthwatering in any form of, of motor racing, and and there's you know there's bragging rights there as well as championship points. Certainly, and I, I, for one, I'm looking forward to Anthony Davidson being installed in that car for the opening stint, purely because I just I fancied seeing a few more overtakes on the Camel Straight, partially on the grass, which he did <laughs> last weekend to take third position. Um, it, it, a lot of it depends on starting drivers and that crucial opening stint, but then again, it is only 40 minutes, and they're going to be doing, you know, half as many 40-minute uh, stints as they did last weekend. So the potential for, again, things to go slightly off-kilter before then uh, get, hopefully getting back onto it by the chequered flag are, are greater, adding two more hours into the mix. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a very, very busy start. It always is at Spa when you've got so many cars on the start-finish line having to negotiate that right-hand hairpin to kick things off and then just about the fastest or most daunting corner on the track, Eau Rouge. So uh, as long as you can hang on and keep it on the black stuff for the first couple of laps, then you can start to settle back. But it's very, very tricky to, p- to pick uh, that second category of prototypes. Johnny Palmer will be back tomorrow noon UK, one o'clock local time in Central Europe for the six hours of Spa Francorchamps as we continue our coverage of season eight of the FIA World Endurance Championship. Bruce Jones is on duty with JP tomorrow. Thanks to Tim Gray, our executive producer up in London, uh, and to the responsible adult. Thanks for you for listening. And if you've joined us late, well, we'll have it on Listen Again, and you can download on the archive as well. Uh, Join the guys tomorrow, high noon, RS1. That's the time to be at Spa. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.